Welcome to WrestleWolf. I am Dr. Damien Gibson. This is AEW Weekly, and joining me as always is the man, the enigma, the man who only deals in kayfabe. It's kayfabe Matt. I'm excited to talk exclusively about what happened on AEW television uh, this week. <laughs> is that that feels like a dig? Is that a dig? No, no, I'm legitimately <laughs> excited. I just I don't want to hear any of this outside the ring. Like what happened out there doesn't exist for me, Ex- unless it's filmed and put on television. I don't even know what you're talking about. Kayfabe. I live the kayfabe oh, right. life. <laughs> I thought I completely missed your joke. That I thought something horrible had happened today. AW, you know, like Vince McMahon style, and I hadn't caught up on the news. And you're like, I don't want to talk about that. Let's only talk about. But you were just talking because you, you're kayfabe Matt. I don't read the dirt sheets anymore. I've moved on. Yeah, I watched a ten minute rant from Brian Alvarez about Raw today, and um, about this week's Raw. And, uh, I mean, they're always entertaining because Brian Alvarez is just, you know, he, he is he is every uh, rusted-on WWE fan, <laughs> you know? Like, just, uh, like, people have a go at him for being an AEW shill and stuff. It's like, it's not. He He's a guy who loves WWE and wants to love it again and every week fronts up thinking that maybe this week will be the week where things change. <laughs> and they don't. It, it's... It, watching his YouTube videos is a st- case study in someone going insane from the thing that they love, you know, like being in a toxic relationship with a TV show. <laughs> um, anyway, that was weird. Uh, yes, let's talk about uh, Dynamite. I tried to watch some of the um, the special this week, but I, I put it on very late and fell asleep, which is no no disregard to the people who were involved, although... Actively disregard to Brandy Rhodes. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, I don't, don't want to hate Brandy because I quite like her as a person. She seems to be a really nice person, but I just don't... I've spoken, yeah, yeah. I've spoken about Brandy a lot. To be fair, she is associated with QT Marshall at the moment, which probably brings down the interest in her quite a lot anything to do with that nightmare collective a nightmare family or whatever they're called Mm. i'm just not interested in but we we opened up the episode this week uh with a tribute to road warrior animal passing away which i didn't know about either because i don't pay attention to anything anymore (laughs) um which is sad because you know i grew up watching the road warriors when i was a kid and yeah yeah, no, it sucks. But anyway, so <laughs> that's cool. We really started the podcast on a upward, <laughs> upward trajectory. Um, my favorite wrestler of all time, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, come to the ring, and uh, Kip introduces Miro, and uh, he is jacked, man. He's wearing his actual ring gear. He's not uh, duck. Uh, decked out in, in Dolce and Gabbana. Is it Gabbana? Also has a sick, uh, the best man t-shirt is a sick t-shirt. Really is. That's the next That's the next uh, note that I've got is he's got a sort of uh, 60s Incredible Hulk type front cover of a comic. Uh, Miro is written in Marvel font. It's, go check it out. It's, um, it's great. And, and um, Matt, you know, Matt is our resident uh, pro wrestling tees expert. So, um, that's high praise coming from I just, a man I just, sitting in a Butcher and the Blade t-shirt right now. A great Butcher and the Blade t-shirt. 
it is legitimately good. That sounded like I was taking the piss. It's not. It's an amazing t-shirt. <laughs> I'm, uh, next next week, I'll, when when the return of Dr. Britt Baker happens, I'll be wearing my Britt Baker t-shirt. Uh, the Bad Boy Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss are their opponents. Um, and Joey cuts a promo about how Kip Sabian is making a mistake. Uh Meow. Ooh, it's 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 a and, bit iffy. Uh, Mira gets, uh, yeah, like, sorry, I was just about to jump straight into what happened in the match. I thought this promo was good, and I was happy to see Joey doing, like, in the sense of like that is a good wrestling promo. The content, the it's like, can we, we probably do we need to really be sort of, you know, I don't want to be too woke yeah. or too, you know, about this, but like. Can we just let everyone's personal lives be that? Like it just—it feels like it's verging on shaming um, Penelope a little bit. Like, I mean, obviously, obviously they're all cool with it. Like, and it's you know, like Penelope came in with Joey Janela at the AEW press conference. They'd already broken up. Um, like, I don't think I think they're probably friends, Penelope, Kip, and Joey. And I'm sure that they discussed this beforehand. But it is a little bit uncomfortable when they're, like, particularly because he's the face, when there are, like, people online that are like, well, if a woman has had uh, five sexual partners before the time they're 30 years old, uh, I would not uh, deem to touch them. Like, you know, it's just uh, in the world of incels, uh, you don't want to sort of side with them or be even potentially siding with any of their logic. Yeah, I agree with that. I know there'll be a lot of people listening going, oh, God, God, seriously, like... Well, five sexual partners is quite a lot by 30. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I like, I like our this listeners insult voice. <laughs> uh, no, it, I, think, I think most people would be like, I didn't even notice, you know? Like, it's probably... I think it's probably something that we're, we've noticed and are talking about for way too long. But I just, I just <laughs> did get that. I, I was the same. I was like, oh... Uh, the I best just, thing about that AEW is that they don't have very many foids on their uh, on their show. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, but I love him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the match is going for a few minutes. Miro gets tagged in and absolutely murders Joey Janela. I felt like in this match there was a bit of ring rust from Miro. There was like three or four botched yeah. spotches, uh, botched spotches, botched spots here. Um, just like the one I did then, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know, it just sort of took me out of the match a little bit. I, I I could see what they were trying to do here. They were trying to show that uh, Sonny and Joey are plucky kind of upstarts, and that Miro is this monster, and they did do that. I mean, that's what was in the match, but Miro's kind of uh, ring rust sort of took away from it for me. I think. Um there's there's probably a couple of things. Um, the first being, uh, like, this is a big... Like, yes, Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss lost, but they looked great, and I think it's a big vote of confidence from AEW to say, this is Miro, who's our biggest signing since John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go out there and you make him look really good, and they pretty much did. Um mm-hmm. I think the way the storyline that Miro's come in with is such a mid-card storyline built around, you know, there was a bit where the commentators were like, 
oh, you know, that they play, they have good uh, chemistry playing video games together online, but do they have it in the ring? And it's like, uh, is this seriously the storyline we're telling about a guy like Miro right now? Um, but I think, like, the, the reality is, like, yes, he probably should have come in and won the uh, Battle Royale at All Out, and it would have been absolutely massive and incredible, and he would have been in the title picture. But if they weren't going to give him the title, starting him off with a smaller story and letting him build up as Miro, not Rusev, is uh, probably a good idea. But this storyline's just going to be a bit of a drag for a little while. Yeah, I agree. But I also I can't really see what else they can do with him right now. Like, they don't want to shove I mean, him straight could- into, the like, a title picture. and That's cool. I get that. So, you know. And I think the, the reason why they keep mentioning it is because he does have a huge uh, video game thing. I mean, is because he does have a mm. huge audience via Twitch. So they, I think they're oh, trying absolutely. to, uh, you know, tie that in. You know, and and that's what I was saying. That if they're not going to give him the title straight away, then he shouldn't be in a title program. And you know, one of the greatest things, uh, like AEW, is old school wrestling. The best thing about old school wrestling is wrestling weddings. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is going to be great. They've got Jake the Snake Roberts and they're going to have a wrestling wedding. Like, yeah. they surely have to use that. And also, and like, sorry, man, you go. Miro's going to kill Kip Sabian during the wedding. Like, we <laughs> we know that's going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to be sick. Yeah, 100%. And uh, these kind of storylines allow, they flourish when you've got people who uh, have big personalities and are very good in front of the camera. And, and Miro... Uh, managed to show that he is that uh, in a company that were like actively working against him from showing that. So when he yeah. when he has the ability to do whatever he wants, um, this, this is what this whole storyline is about. It, mm. It's to let Miro have some fun, be like the fun Rusev Day that guy that mm. everyone loves and the guy that's on Twitch that everyone loves. Um he still seems a little bit nervous, I think. Like you know, like yeah. he's you know that sort of being in a new place and um, oh, there's a lot of eyes on me. You know, like he probably hasn't had that. I mean, he's main evented WrestleMania and stuff, but like I don't think he's had that much responsibility before. And it kind of shows a little and bit not- on TV at the moment, but not not in a bad way. Mm. I love him, and I can't wait to see more of him. Yep, absolutely. Um, did he hurt his leg properly? Was that kayfabe? It's all kayfabe, Dammit. <laughs> um, he hurt his leg properly as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, I mean, he looked fine by the time he walked out, but um, and he's de- definitively like a heel as well, right? Like, yeah. Which at first I wasn't 100% sure on, but, uh, I mean, he's hanging out with Kip Sabian, which... It's kind of the, the cool thing about not having massive crowds is that they can actually just direct. They can just be like, hey... We're going to turn him, you know, heel and not just have everyone cheer him like crazy every time he does anything. Because there's no way he could have been a heel coming in. Yeah, that's why we should just stick with the Thunderdome like forever now. Um, Because you just pre-program responses and and it looks great. It doesn't look stupid at all. My favourite part of it is is when people misuse it to uh, do... uh, racist or misogynistic or just weird and hateful things. I think that's what I like most about 
um, the Thunderdome. But luckily, I don't watch WWE. Uh, that's I'm I'm out of the WWE universe. I am intergalactic. Um, um, I'm I'm going to just keep. I'm going to start calling them WWF from now on. And um, I, someone was doing that the other day. Oh, it was the, the best friends. Uh, best friends being interviewed on the AW, the, the unrestricted podcast, and they refused to call them WWE. They called them WWF throughout the whole interview. Um, I was like, I like that. I'm stealing it. As Miro is walking off with Kip Sabian and Penelope, Eddie Kingston comes charging to the uh, ring. Do you reckon Eddie Kingston ever casually walks anywhere? He doesn't. He doesn't strike me as the Under kind no of guy who goes for a stroll. <laughs> He is absolutely like the kind of person that orders fish and chips and gets a smaller than expected like piece of fish and takes it back into the store. Like, what the fuck are you trying to do? Is this fu- is this a fucking insult to me? Uh- <laughs> He's an aggressive. This is that should be his nickname: the aggressive customer, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I really like that. Well, I like that uh, his nickname's the Mad King because it's not like he's mad, like he's mentally insane. It's like he's it's it's mad, like angry. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of insane in there as well. Well, you tell him that. I'm not going to say that. He's got those psycho peepers. I I would manage to say it in a charismatic way that made him feel like it was a compliment. And then it's I would my, immediately undercut you. Uh, <laughs> like, he means it as an insult. Get him, Eddie. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's us, the butcher and the blade. Sorry. Anyway, I'm, I'm fantasy booking my life now. <laughs> You're fantasy booking people beating the shit out of me, which I don't <laughs> know what that says about Team Wrestle Wolf at the moment. <laughs> Are the mega powers about to explode? I think so. Um Anyway, Eddie comes out and he says uh, that um, he never sold out and um, that uh, John Moxley did. And he wants to see John Moxley uh, face-to-face and tell him this. Uh, John comes out and they face off and I immediately am all for this match. I mean, I was yeah. all for it beforehand. We should say that um, the murder hawk has contracted COVID and we hope that he's okay. Um, was that said was on the to- program? It was, yeah. Okay, that's okay. Just checking that it's kayfabe. Yeah, because I was... <laughs> it is kayfabe. Um, I was waiting to see whether they were going to pull a WWE and just not mention it or come up with, you know, do the Roman Reigns of, like... I, I don't know who Roman Reigns is. What do you mean? The guy that was the number one contender, Roman Reigns? Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that maybe they would do that with Lance Archer, but... No, Excalibur just did the good, right, boring thing and said, look, Lance Archer isn't here because he has COVID. And that's why Eddie Kingston is now having this match with John Moxley. Um, but they did that, like, UFC, like, mm. skull-to-skull, forehead-to-forehead thing where I'm like, I'm going to kill you. No, I'm going to kill you. It um, was the most excited I've been. I Like, I, you knew that John Moxley was going to win this match, but it was by far the most excited I've been to see a John Moxley match. Yeah, same. Look, it's TV and it's, you know, it's like, well, there's no way Eddie Kingston's going to win this match, but fuck, like, I'm into it and I would like to see, if this is a program that's happening, I would like to see it. Also, um, how how exceptionally cool was it that they did 
Lance Archer will face the winner of, of, you know, whoever is champion. And they had the graphic and it was Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus Lance Archer, which the winner of. Like, that is the opposite of what WWE is like. Roman Reigns is going to face. Uh, it's like, well, he's got a title match tonight. So, like, why are you advertising that he, like, you know he's not going to lose? Because you schmucks will fucking watch it anyway. So, it doesn't matter. No, unfortunately, the, uh, if you look at the ratings, no one's no one's watching it. No, I know, but that's been Vince's attitude for 25 years. Mm. So, anyway, we're talking about WWF again. Um, they get separated and... Uh, yeah, it's it's all it's all set up for the main event. I just wanted this is a bit of demo conspiracy watch here. Uh, Eddie Kingston called the AW the AEW belt the world's heavyweight belt, and mm. I only bring that up because that is actually what the NWA belt is called. So I don't AEW very good at dropping these little Easter eggs for fucking giant neckbeards like me to pick up on, uh, and. A lot of the time they are something. Sometimes they're not, but a lot of the time they are. So I'm just Nick Aldis is just wandering around planet Earth with a big giant belt, uh, and nowhere to wrestle it, wrestle wrestle for it. And uh, no, he can wrestle Mike Bennett again. Can we get Mike Bennett in <laughs> AEW? Come on. <laughs> um, Eddie Kingston also did work for NWA, so there is a chance that he just has that in his mind. Could yeah, I thought that too. Maybe he just fucked up. But anyway, um, next up we had Evil Uno, who seems to be doing a lot of sort of utility work at the moment, mm. um, which I don't mind because he's really good in ring. Um, yeah, he is. And I like the Dark Order. Um, I feel like there's differing opinions, but I, I really like them at the moment, and we'll see a fair bit of them. But It oscillates week to week with the Dark Order. Yeah, well, Kenny's on commentary again for this match. How do you? How did mm. you? I know, I know you were a big um, fan last week. I think he was better this week because it was just very, very clear. Like, I still think it's like a bit bullshit that like Kenny Omega is probably the best in-ring worker in the world, and like is just an absolute killer. And that is a lot more, like, his intensity in that way is a lot more interesting than being like, yep, well, uh, you know, I am uh, hoping to to get in there when the time is uh, right. And just him being this, like, weird, passive-aggressive, like, Canadian nice guy (laughs) is is just not exact. Like, I do like it because it's kind of, like, really original and he's doing a really good job. But I, like, yeah, I don't know. I I don't like it. But maybe I'm being worked because I don't think you're supposed to like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I I don't know because Hangman was doing some sort of really old school, um, sort of braggadocious face stuff. Like he was, you know, mm. giving it like the double cobras at times, and um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It's the continuing saga of like the Jacksons and and Kenny and mm. Kenny and uh, Hangman. Where I can't wait to who, see what are all these people. I mean, for someone who's you know the Zodiac, I'm black and white. Uh, you know, you're either kayfabe or uh, kayfabe. You're either a face or human. Yes, no. Yes, no. <laughs> yes, no. Sorry. You're either k. Fuck! I did it again. You're either face or heel. Uh, I can't work out any of these guys, and it's driving me insane. I thought that Hangman was the face, 
and I think he still is after this match. But I think he is. Um, the Dark Order just standing there as well. I like. Um, you know, yep. it's although uh, I know Colt's still doing that. Like, oh, what happened? Like the you know that Talking Heads song of like. I woke up and there's who is this beautiful woman and what is this he big is, house? Uh, like it's like he <laughs> he has no he has no idea. I don't know the Talking Heads very well, obviously by the quotes of those lyrics. Do, but do you do you think he's about to be like there, there's water flowing underwater? <laughs> it's like what he just <laughs> he just looks so confused. Like like he just every day he wakes up in the dark order and he doesn't understand how he got there or how he can get out or. Colt Cabana by David Byrne. I really like that. <laughs> the um, is there? Uh, he has taken on the Sting role as the moron babyface, right? Cold. Like he's like, wow, you know, Ric Flair spent the last ten years uh, beating me up, but I think he wants me to be his friend now. <laughs> and then he's yeah. like, oh, this Brody Lee seems like a nice guy. Like, don't judge him by his beard, guys. Come on. No, I mean, Evil Uno is always really nice to me, so. No, the Dark Order aren't that bad. Um, Adam uh, Page does a, a flat, uh, a flat foot moonsault. That I mean, he does it a lot, but I just noticed this week that it's just phenomenal. He's mm. like, we don't talk a lot about moves and stuff, but his form when he does any sort of aerial work for a guy his size is ridiculous. Like, you know, it's like Bret Hart level perfection. And that, that's a big fucking compliment coming from me. Yeah. He's like Bret Hart, but not boring. I know you're wearing the heel jacket, man, but I, I'm not going to bite. I'm not biting. And that just makes you sound like an idiot. <laughs> I'm just, just <laughs> stating facts, my friend. Just stating <clears throat> facts. Slag off the greatest wrestler of all time. That's, uh, you know, it's up to you. Yeah, 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 you know, that's why he got let out of his, uh, let out of his million dollar contract because he was so great. All right, next week, there's no AEW show. It's Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart in one corner, Damian Gibson in the other corner, Kayfabe Matt, and we'll juke it out. All right, done. <laughs> if we, if we only we could do it physically in person. No, you're uh, way taller than me. <laughs> I don't like that I'm idea also, at all. <laughs> I'm also a coward. Yeah, me too. I don't, I don't. That's why I like fake wrestling. Fake wrestling, fake fighting. God. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you're talking about when you call it fake, but let's move on. Dark Order try to get involved. Evil Uno sends them back to the locker room for some reason. Uh, I don't know whether this is a... Is this a face turn for Evil Uno? <laughs> Just might be. Uh, this allows Hangman to get uh, the upper hand back. Uh, he hits a buckshot, buckshot lariat, which is cool as fuck. Uh, gets the win. Um and Rick Knox, the ref, was teased in this match as being like an evil ref. Did you notice that? I, I'm pretty sure they just were like the commentators were just having a bit of fun for themselves because that was quite funny. Like, and Kenny being like, oh, "I've had experience with him. Uh, he's he's really problematic." I don't know. They usually um, everything's sort of like they use the whole Buffalo AEW. Things are usually dropped for a reason. <laughs> That's true. Um. Like, if it was WWF, you'd be like, well, fuck, I don't know. I don't know why they're talking about it. No one knows what's going on. Let's go to Raw Underground. Uh, next, up, <laughs> next up, we've got uh, Tony Schiavone, and he's out um, 
he's out the front of the Bucks dressing room. Uh, he knocks on the door. He's a little trepidatious because the Bucks have had a habit of going around and just kicking people in the fucking face recently. <laughs> so I uh, thought I loved that it like it's it's so opposite of WWE that he would be uh, cons- he would have watched the show and been concerned about his health. Mm. Like it's just so like anti wrestling to have someone actually paying attention to the show. It's great. Yeah, and he's not a complete moron. So uh, well, I need to do yeah. this my job. Uh, and the bad boy's not going down there to do this gig. He's going to sk- send <laughs> Skiavone to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, he opens it up, and then we, we get a whole bunch of Matt Jackson being... Uh, he has gone, I think, full 1990s Shawn Michaels. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. Like, I think that's exactly what he's doing. But, like, he's that sort of, like, gruff, stubbly, arrogant, dickhead... Being like, ah, just you know, here's the money, throwing it at him. That like, you know, breaking his phone, just being a bully. I think it's like it's. I kind of like it. No, I, look, I I really like this segment. I really like this promo. Anyone who listens to the podcast knows that I've been waiting to hate the Bucks, and I'm <laughs> fucking reveling in it. I just they're such shit eating heels. It's perfect. The only thing that I worry about moving forward is uh who like so when ftr i mean this is probably not going to happen for a long period of time but when ftr and the bucks do finally go head to head are we gonna have two heel teams yeah i guess that's a that's a that's a good point i think they're gonna hold out for a little while on that one you would you'd have to wait until people come back right like that's a that's a generational match that people want to see you you don't mm. you don't ruin that on AEW Dynamite forty four or whatever. Agreed. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Matt's teasing Tony, basically talking about how great him and Nick are. Uh, he doesn't like the questions that Tony's asking. To punish him, he takes Tony's phone off him, smashes what looked like a brand new iPhone to me. Um, which I was like, no, as someone who smashed his own phone this week was like, no, I could have used that phone. (laughs) Um, And then uh, pulled out a giant wad of real money, wasn't young bucks money, uh, and throws it at Tony to buy a new new phone, which, yeah, you're right, man. It's just great heel stuff. I just want to point out that, like... You missed an opportunity, and you should you should have said it was real money. It was young bucks. It wasn't young bucks. I'm being a bit too serious for our podcast. I'm actually trying to like review it rather than just taking the piss out of ourselves and wrestlers. But <laughs> let's. Uh... I'm always deadly serious, which is not what the <laughs> listeners think. But I I mean everything Don't I say. Shut up, man! <laughs> People think that we're joking. And if you want to contact me. To have a go at me, contact Damien. Yeah, cool. I'm the only one with a social media presence. Um, although Woo! I don't really anymore because I watched the, what's it called? The Netflix thing that scared the fuck out of me. Uh, the social dilemma. The, the social, yeah. Yeah. Well, when people who created social media are like, I'm not on it anymore. Like, well, it's probably time, you know. It's- don't pretend you didn't know before this that they I were I did evil. know, but no, I did know, but it's like cigarettes. It's like when the pe- when I found out the people who made cigarettes don't smoke them because they're like, I don't smoke cigarettes. You'll die. 
that's what this documentary is about social media. It's like, I don't go on that shit. It'll drive you fucking insane. Like, oh, cool. Well, I'll stop doing that then. <laughs> um, when they were like, there's no way in hell I would let my kids on social media. That was the point where I was like, okay, this is not good. Uh, yeah. Anyway. That was the point when you when your when your parents came in and were like, sorry, sorry, Damien, it's, it's over. Oh, that's enough <laughs> screen time, sweetheart. Oh, mom. <laughs> uh, you won't sleep. Those Gibsons. I know, right? We still live together. Um, <laughs> next up, we had. Uh, I feel like we're going to butt heads here, but let's see how we go. Uh, we had Orange Cassidy versus Brody Lee. For was this for the TNT Championship? The, the belt was yep. on the line, right? Yep. Um, uh, OC, uh, I because I, we're mates, uh, I call uh, Orange Cassidy OC. Um, he, I loved him putting his glasses on Anna Jay at the be- at the mm. beginning of the match. Um, Brody Lee did like a Daniel Bryan suicide dive, which was a highlight for me. Uh, the Dark Order kept getting involved in this match, which uh, allowed Brody Lee to to stay on top. Uh, he got a power bomb in, uh, then a discus lariat, and got the win. Which I was like, uh, is I don't. I don't know if I don't know if Orange Cassie was I I don't think Orange Cassie was the right person for this match because then we the everything goes dark music hits we don't recognize the music uh, and then eventually a wrestler comes out to the music and it's Cody uh, Cody's dyed his hair uh, he's you know, wearing a suit, obviously, but it's all black. So, I, you know, I think we're starting to get like a slight maybe heel turn or just the fact that he's angry because the Dark Order essentially attacked everyone in his family. Um, and he comes out and clears house and breaks a few arms of a few different Dark Order people. And and, and he looks, I mean, you messaged me, man, when you were watching this to talk about mm. how big a star he looks and stuff. And I'll let you talk about that in one second. But I, I just want to point out my thing about... Uh, to me, this immediately made me feel like Cody is a much bigger deal than Orange Cassidy, which in reality is probably the truth, right? But why do, why do that when you could have protected OC a little bit and had quite easily had someone else in that match? I'm probably being overdramatic, and it's not like it's going to hurt Orange Cassidy too much, but I just, in all of this, the the wrestler that got hurt the most, I think, was Orange Cassidy, and I I, I would just be if I was AEW, I'd be very careful with that cachet because he's like the hottest commodity you have at the moment. Yeah, look, I think it was it was definitely uh, strange that they used Cassidy. I thought the uh, uh, yeah, I don't I like you know it fe- it felt strange initially when they just put it on Twitter because it's. It, He's he's a big match guy, and it's strange to say like, oh, he's got a title match now out of nowhere with no build and no story. Um, but then Cody coming out was so so huge. Like I just think he, he just is such a star. Hmm. Like, yeah. If if WWE wanted to get one person from AEW. To just put at the top of the card, Cody is the guy that like they just they fucked up so badly. 
Like they didn't fuck up with FTR. They just don't care about serious tag team wrestling. Um, you know, they didn't fuck up with, with Rusev. They just thought he was a mid-card talent um, and maybe Rusev will prove them wrong. Uh, Miro will prove them wrong. They fucked up with Cody. He's so good. And, like, it just it feels big. Like, when, mm. when he's there, it feels important. Yeah, it does. And, uh, like, and I loved it. I was like, oh, sweet, Cody's back. And, and all the things that you say is 100% correct, which, again, like, I think harks back to my point about Orange Cassidy that makes Cassidy look really small in comparison. You know, it's like, mm. it almost like, oh, well, almost in the sense of, like, I'll take it from here, champ. Like, thanks for keeping my seat warm. I'm the face of this place, off you trot, sort of thing. I don't know if Cody talks yeah. in such boganisms, um, but uh, that's what it. <laughs> but that's what it felt like. Just, I turned into my under 14s football coach there for a second. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I did sound like my under 14s coach, Steve-O. Um, <laughs> next up, we had Brody Lee, <laughs> who. Uh, issues a challenge to Cody. He's upset that Cody's come in and, and killed half his guys. Um, what was the outcome of the, Is there a match being set or anything like that? Or it wasn't. It was just no. It was just Brody Lee. Like, I'm going to kill you. Yep. Um, oh, man. Next up, we have Matt Hardy and uh, Private Party come out to the ring. Matt Hardy calls out Jericho uh, while having a moment where he couldn't remember his line. And it was just... I. It just felt it was another cringe moment for me. Um, Jericho comes out, does some good work. Uh, he's he, the part where he was like, "Who knows? Who know? People don't know when Sammy's coming back. Um, <clears throat> could be a long time. We're not a hundred percent sure. Except we are. He's here right now." <laughs> which <I was> like, <laughs> then they did their Sammy and Chris hug, which I love. Um, I. I feel like I'm being harsh, and I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but I'm just not a big fan of private party at the moment. I, I just, like, I, I kind of am in ring, but on mic, I think they've got a long way to go. I just, like I said last week, it, it's almost SCU character uh, territory for me with private party. Um, I think Matt Hardy... Uh, on the mic is is something really really bad, and I think that private party should be. Uh, I don't think they're helped by having Matt around. Unfortunately, um, this character of Matt is n- not good. Yeah, and it feels like it's all. I, I tell me if you disagree, but I feel like it's all ramping up towards a Matt versus Chris match anyway, and and. Like private party is superfluous to requirements. Yeah, I, I hope it's not, but maybe it is. That's uh, that was a really strong vibe I got from this promo. But I have been wrong before. I can't think of any times, but it has happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next up, we had Tully out in the ring, and I swear to God, AEW, if you don't start putting these jackets on the store for me to buy tonight, <laughs> I'm going to get really upset. Because they're so cool, uh, and I want to be able to walk around Glenroy in the northern suburbs of Melbourne in underwear, wrestling boots, and one of those jackets. 
uh, like a tough guy, like an FTR guy. I want you to be able to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll Instagram it. I'll live stream it and see what happens. Um, <laughs> it'll be my final social media post ever. Um, uh, they announced the Brush With Greatness 20-minute challenge, which is essentially an open challenge, but the twist is that they will be picking who who they'll be wrestling. Um, uh, they say that next week they're going up against SCU, and I almost turn off the TV uh, until they sort of they sort of convolutedly get round to mentioning the best friends and saying the best friends aren't very good, even though they're the number one contenders. And then best friends come out, and uh, I'll never do that again. That was terrible. And uh, they have a confrontation. Um, the best friends say, why don't we do this right now? FTR say yes. And then they say, oh, actually, no, you guys aren't cleared. You're too beat up from the car park match. Um, but we, we will wrestle you at some point. Um, yeah. And uh, the only other note that I've got from this is a, the best friends do their hug. Uh, Excalibur does his line of, um, you got to give the people what they want. And then Jim, who'd been pretty good, the bad boy had been pretty good up until this point, was like, yeah, I suppose you have to. Just like made a little comment under his breath of like, what? is that necessary? And like, Yeah, no, that was, it was not ideal. But what do we think of this program, man? Best Friends versus FTR, I'm into that. Yeah, it's cool. It'll be, it'll be good. They're, they're all good. I like all of them. Yeah, Best Friends will not win though. So no. it does have that sort of thing of like, Eh. But AEW do have a habit of being able to make these things enjoyable. Yeah. Even if you No, I think it'll be, it'll be good. See where it's coming. Next up, we had uh, Diamante versus Ivelisse versus, uh, well, but maybe legitimately my favorite wrestler at the moment, Thunder Rosa and uh, Hikaru Shida. Uh, this wasn't a bad match. They got a bit of time. It was like about 10, 12 minutes, which is something that AEW get like a lot of criticism about with the women's matches. Um... It was quality. I don't really have much to say about I mean, like, not a huge amount happened that was, like, super spectacular. There wasn't really much storyline-wise with it either. It was just a good, solid tag match from four very talented women wrestlers. Yeah, there was there was nothing really storyline. This was great. This was probably technically the best match of the night. Yeah, I just sat back and really enjoyed watching it. Um I assume yeah. they'll. I, I, don't, I don't have notes because I enjoyed it. But, like, I love Thunder Rosa. She's incredible. She's so charismatic. The only thing that it might be doing is um, taking a bit of gloss off Hikarushida <laughs> because, uh, yeah. you know, I'm more excited about seeing Thunder Rosa than I am seeing Hikaru. Um, but she's still super cool. I really like her as well. But um, I yep. just like Thunder Rosa more. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, next up, we had Chris Jericho and MJF promo. This promo is so good that I feel like trying to replicate anything that was said between the two of them would ruin it. I would, I would just suggest going and watching it on on yeah. YouTube. Like, um, yeah, I mean, every single part of it is brilliant. Like, they essentially they. They bump into each other again after last week bumping into each other. Uh, they tell each other 
how much they love each other again. And then they both at the same time bring up the fact that they called each other a stupid idiot or something like that or loser. Losers. Um, and then they shift the blame onto someone else. So Jericho says that he was calling Skiavone a loser. Uh, MJF said that he was calling the limousine driver a loser. And then they they basically become best friends again. Um, <clears throat> but that description is not doing it any justice whatsoever. I don't know what this is. I don't I don't know if this is teasing a team up. I mean it's one of two things, right? They either team up or they fight each other. Um either way, I want to see it. Yeah. I mean it, it won't be for I can't imagine it being for a, a while, but when it happens, Chris Jericho versus MJF, that's um they just print money, right? Like that's so good. <laughs> it's just, um, that's not a very good review at all, but I just I didn't write a whole bunch of notes because I've literally just written down, recommend people to watch it. Uh, I, yeah. yeah. I could sit here for two hours trying to, you know, go beat for beat, <laughs> and it, you'd just be like, oh, God, this sounds awful. Just go watch it. You'll thank me later. Um, <clears throat> and then we're at the main event already, man. We're at Mox versus Kingston. I really wanted to see this match, as I was saying earlier in the in the episode. Um, Eddie had most of the momentum in the early part of this match, and uh, which was great. Uh, Kingston was doing chops on Mox that I don't I don't know if I've ever heard more real or brutal sounding chops. Mm. Uh, I mean, Mox was hitting Kingston pretty hard, but when Kingston hit Mox, it was like. Oh, that's he's like punching him in the chest. <laughs> uh, this was a really good. This is sort of similar to the 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 promo beforehand. It was a really good match. I mean, what Mox won with a submission hold. He won clean, which I liked as well. There was no Mox the trickster stuff happening. Yeah, it was just two brutal guys who like to fight, fighting each other. Mox wins because, of course, he does. He's the champ and the face of the company. But Kingston doesn't lose anything from this match whatsoever. Um, and then we had the AEW. What is probably, instead of calling it the WCW playbook, it's probably the AEW playbook. <laughs> uh, we, we um, Mox gets the win. The Lucha Brothers come out and start beating down Mox. Uh, Will Hobbs comes out uh, for the save, uh, and as does Darby Allen. Will Hobbs and Darby Allen were there to be part of the three-man tag match that was meant to happen with Lance Archer, Brian Cage, and and Ricky Starks, um, but didn't for obvious reasons. Starks then appears and uh, attacks Darby with his own skateboard, um, and then I've literally written to myself, "What a WCW finish." <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. Loved it. Like, it's a surprise for me as well, but I really enjoyed the whole mini program of Eddie Kingston mocks. Um, I enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the end. It was cool. Yeah. This was a very, very solid episode of AEW. There was some really good wrestling in ring. Uh, a lot of storylines moved along. Um Managed to do some good booking on the fly because of uh, illness. But yeah, I don't really have much else to to contribute as far as AEW stuff is concerned. I think that's it. That's it for me as well. I think it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's just a great episode of wrestling. Hmm. Um, 
Cool. Well, we can leave that there. Uh, our listenership is... I, I got told by someone during the week to not do this because it sounds hacky, but I don't know. I like saying it. Our listenership is up again. <laughs> um, we, You can uh, follow us on social media. We are at WrestleWolf on Facebook, at WrestleWolfPod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can check us out at WrestleWolf.com. Um, or we, uh, you can subscribe to us on YouTube at WrestleWolf, um, or you can drop us an email at WrestleWolfPodcast at gmail.com. Um, you rate and review us, uh, tell your friends, and until next week, Pepe's dead. In mysterious circumstances. <laughs> <laughs>